Hello and welcome to People and Profit. I'm Solange Mougin. In today's show, we're focusing on global poverty and how crises from the COVID pandemic to the war in Ukraine have turned back years of progress. We'll also find out what can be done to save future generations. The World Bank estimates that 70 million more people were forced into extreme poverty in 2020. This means a total of 719 people have been living under the international poverty line, which is living with less than $2.15 a day. The poverty line increases slightly depending on a nation's development status. But nonetheless, we're talking about hundreds of millions who are struggling to survive. My guest today is Mari Pengestu. She is the the Managing Director of Development Policy and Partnerships at the World Bank. She is also a former trade minister for Indonesia. Thank you for being with us. I'd like to ask you first if you can tell us about the World Bank's findings and why the fight against poverty has ground to a halt. Uh, hello, Solange. Uh, bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, you mentioned the 70 million uh, below the uh, extreme poverty line and because of the pandemic in 2020. Basically, what has happened uh, is, you know, we after the 2008 financial crisis, growth had slowed down. So poverty reduction had slowed down. And then you had the pandemic, which was a big shock, uh, leading to the uh, increase in the number of people entering extreme poverty to 70 million. And we expect in 2022, there's still going to be a, a, another shock because of all the, all the multiple crises we're still facing. Uh, and I think the other dimensions of these uh, findings is that uh, th there has also been increased inequality between countries uh, because develop more, the more developed uh, and middle income, higher middle income countries uh, uh, were able to rebound faster with higher fiscal stimulus, uh, the ability to vaccinate, uh, and, and come back more quickly. Uh, and uh, the, the lower income countries uh, could uh, not uh, have that rebound. So there's a sharpening of, of growth and therefore a poverty reduction uh, between, uh, between countries. So there's the inequality. And within countries, because uh, income, everybody's income fell, but the incomes of the 40, uh, bottom 40% fell by double or 4% compared to the top 20%, which fell on average by 2%. So we are also experiencing increase in inequality. And I think the final dimension I would uh, uh, add is that the extreme poverty is concentrated uh, in, in, in various regions, especially in, in sub-Saharan Africa. Oh, and I, I had another uh, point to make also that besides the extreme poverty, we saw an increase in the, in the middle income level poverty of $6.85. It went from something like 46% to 47%. So half of the world's population uh, uh, are below the $6.85 line. So mm -hmm. uh, it is also uh, a middle income uh, country issue. I'd like to ask you about education. Uh, it was disrupted around the world during the pandemic. Um, how does that affect a child's potential and an economy's potential as well? Yes, uh, thank you for that question, because I, I do think we, we need to, you know, while, while the poverty uh, and, and uh, inequality numbers look very, very sobering, I think we need to focus on, okay, what do we need to do to uh, address it? And one of the issues is the learning losses that, was, that happened during uh, the pandemic, which will have the potential for, uh, if it's not addressed urgently, it will reduce productivity and growth and increase inequality. So what has happened uh, is 
is actually uh, learning poverty, which is uh, measured by the ability of a child, 10-year-old child, to read and understand a simple text, went up from 55% to 70% uh, during, uh, due to COVID uh, because of this uh, average, I think, I think it's like 140 days when schools were closed, and in some countries it was two years. So uh, this is going to affect uh, uh, you know, the, the, it's going to have a lost generation uh, of, of children and uh, young adults, which will then affect uh, your ability to increase labor productivity and growth. And the impact is obviously different, differentiated between uh, those who were able to do remote learning and those who were able to capture now the learning losses between those who don't. So the gap is going to widen if we, if countries uh, do not prioritize within uh, the, their response uh, to uh, to the today's situation, not just the emergency uh, food uh, crisis, but also the longer learning losses crisis. I'd now like to ask you about climate change. Um, how does it and how will it deepen poverty? Yes, that's that's another uh, short-term, long-term driver uh, of increased poverty and development, which we really need to prioritize starting now because the the climate crisis is ex existential. It's there. It's here already and already having the impact. Our our uh, assessments show that 132 million more people uh, will be uh, entering into extreme poverty by 2030 if uh, we don't do anything in the business as usual scenario. And then you have other, uh, other metrics such as 25 million uh, people have actually been displaced uh, and, and these are the vulnerable populations due to climate disasters. And in very uh, vulnerable uh, situations like the, the uh, small island development states such as the Pacific Islands, they have been losing like one to 6% of their GDP uh, due to climate disasters. Uh, and this is uh, going to, uh, to just increase uh, if we do not uh, address uh, climate. And it has to be addressed in a cli integrating climate with development. Uh, and this is uh, really one of the priority programs uh, of the World Bank. So in addition to climate and the pandemic, I'd, I'd like to ask you about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, it has sparked a, another f a new food crisis. Where do we stand currently on this? Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely everybody's feeling it. You and I are feeling it. Uh, and and uh, the people in the low-income countries uh, are, are absolutely feeling it. You know, we have uh, seen a, a, a spike in food prices, uh, but rising food prices had preceded uh, the invasion of Russia, uh, of, of Ukraine. Uh, but the invasion accentuated, if you like, the, the food price increase and energy price increase. And they're related because energy prices leads to higher fertilizer prices and, and therefore uh, mm -hmm. higher uh, food prices. So what uh, measures can uh, we it, take? It, the measures that we can take is first and foremost is to safeguard uh, the vulnerable and poor uh, parts of your population from the food price increases. And this is about subsidized uh, targeted uh, programs. Uh, and uh, second, we need to um, minimize, if not uh, eliminate, the, the export restrictions that are happening, which are accentuating the, the high food price increases. Uh, there are export bans and limitations of exports of food uh, undertaken by many countries, and it has actually, it fell and then it's increased again. And third, we must focus on the long-term drivers of food insecurity. We had a food crisis in 2008. Uh, how do we address the, the longer-term sustainable food production uh, and, and address the drivers of 
food insecurity. Part of it is climate, part of it is sustainable uh, food production, uh, and, and all the way across uh, the supply chain, and, and minimize the and, and minimize and uh, make sure that trade uh, in good in, in food uh, and fertilizers uh, will flow. I'd also like to ask you about China. Xi Jinping says that he claims to have wiped out extreme poverty. Does the World Bank see proof of that, or are the standards of measuring poverty different here? Uh, it's uh, certainly been proven. Uh, in, it, we, we have uh, seen uh, China's uh, reduction in extreme poverty of 800 million in the last 40 years. And this has been because of rapid uh, and sustained growth, as well as broad-based uh, transformation uh, of the economy. Uh, but China, as uh, other middle-income you know, and other middle-income countries, by the way, large middle-income middle-income countries have also experienced large re reductions in extreme poverty because of you know a sustained high growth path and development path. But moving forward, uh, uh, you you remember I mentioned the high level of uh, middle-income countries having uh, the high level of the higher level of poverty that uh, middle-income countries uh, will still face. So addressing that uh, will still be an issue for all middle-income countries, including China. And I think moving forward, uh, uh, climate change will also impact on growth and productivity uh, of all countries, including the middle-income countries. So going on a low carbon uh, resilient growth path will also uh, uh, be important to address uh, moving forward, uh, mm -hmm. addressing the higher levels of uh, poverty as well as uh, productivity uh, that will be affecting these countries. Finally, um, how can the international community get back to reducing poverty and in a sustainable way? In a long-term way. Very good question. I think uh, in a long-term way. So I think I, I would say I would give you three uh, points to answer your question. First point is that the immediate situation is, is very dire. You've got slow growth. You've got high inflation, high interest rates, tightening f uh, financial conditions, capital outflows, depreciation. These are This is the situation faced by uh, many countries, uh, including the developing countries. So first and foremost, uh, protect uh, the, the poor and vulnerable, you know, with targeted subsidy pro programs and adaptable social protection because you want to not have an increase in poverty or inequality in, in the short term. Second, uh, you should focus uh, on making sure that you uh, try to recover, try to have a, a growth policy. And that's about uh, managing your, the macro risks as well as the structural reforms that you need for growth. And third point, uh, related to the learning losses we talked about earlier, we need to address, beginning today, some of the urgent uh, longer-term uh, drivers uh, of uh, drivers that will uh, lead to uh, poverty uh, increasing and inequality increasing, which is uh, the human capital losses, uh, especially learning losses, and uh, the climate crisis, which will impact and have uh, impact on, on, on human capital, on growth, uh, on the ability of countries to be more resilient uh, to the climate shocks. Thank you, Mary Pengestu of the World Bank for speaking with People in Profit. That's all we have time for now. Don't forget you can find this and our previous shows on France 24's website or as a podcast wherever you usually listen. Until next time, thanks for watching. With all the main European news, debates between representatives of the best and worst performing EU member states, and exclusive interviews with major personalities. Talking Europe.
presented by Catherine Nicholson on France 24 and France24.com.